Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Conversations with your host, Rena Frank. How well are you today, Frank? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing good. I kind of fumbled that up a little. It's all right. Joe Biden. It's all right. Everything gets a little fumbled every now and then. That's right. And we are coming at you live from our new office slash studio space in our basement, listeners. Yeah, it's still in the works, but That's right. it's coming along. Coming it along. It is. So uh, we'll go ahead and apologize for any uh, audio quality as we get settled in. We'll probably be moving around and putting up you know, stuff to help with soundproofing and all that good good things. But uh, we're going ahead, go to go ahead and jump right into the news. And I think Frank's going to kick it off with the most breaking story. Well, I know what I woke up to this morning and saw the most of was this, you know, story about how they, the FBI, just raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, you know, while he was out of town up in New York, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was. Pretty interesting, you know. I heard a lot about it this morning as yeah. I was having my coffee and oh, everything. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I just think it's interesting how you know it seems to fit a mold too. Where this is how they got, um, oh, what's his name, Oliver Stone. That's how they got Oliver Stone too. Was they waited till like the last minute? I think you mean Roger Stone. Yeah, what did I say? Oliver Stone. All I right. think that's like a director or writer or something. All right. So <laughs> Roger Stone. That's how they got Roger Stone, too. And then they just got somebody else, like maybe his lawyer, like Pat Cipollone or somebody. Uh-huh. They got him like in the airport while uh-huh. he was about to go on vacation uh-huh. or whatever. So I just think it sort of fits that they'd wait until he was out of town. And then from what I understand, it doesn't sound like they even found anything. So it's sort of like, why even do this anyway? It's mm-hmm. almost like it's just a stunt. Well, one of the things I've definitely heard is supposed to, supposed to be about you know, like classified documents and you know, uh, records and stuff. He was uh, poorly keeping records and classified material at his estate, and uh, you know, he supposedly was told about this before or something like that. Yeah. Which just on that alone doesn't sound like it really warrants no pun intended, a raid on his home. I feel like they could politely show up and say, We need those documents if indeed, you know, he is supposed to hand them over. So this this is a little when they're always saying that they don't want to prosecute people, like if you look back at what Comey did and what he said about Hillary Clinton, right. he came out and basically said that she had broken the law. Right, yeah. But then he said, we're not going to prosecute her because this is all so too political and right. blah, blah, blah. It's a mm-hmm. political cycle right now. Right. Well, what are they doing here? Yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, the reason we would bring this up and I would pick this as a topic is because we've known... What they're doing with this January 6th commission mm-hmm. and everything that they're trying to do, they're trying to just make it so that he's unelectable or right, yeah. or somehow tainted or, or, you know, has some kind of charge filed against mm-hmm. him that makes it so that he's ineligible to run as president. Right. So. Yeah, I've heard some people say this seems more like a, a 
fishing exploration, trying to find stuff to related to January 6th or whatever, rather than actually having a valid reason to be yeah, there. to go raid his home and right. whatever about these documents and whatever. What's right. it matter? Um, I see a sort of tie-in. I saw another headline very recently that said that at CPAC, you know, mm-hmm. which has just recently been going on, yeah, um, he won some sort of straw poll that said that 69% of voters, at least in this poll or whatever, respondents mm-hmm. or whatever, wanted him or it said that they would vote for him. 69% right. of the people at CPAC. Right. And, you know, if you're looking at the January 6th commission or whatever, there's no Republicans on that commission. No true Republicans or anything. Right. So, I mean, this whole effort, the whole thing is a sham. It's not bipartisan. It's the people who are, are participating in it are not fair. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then here's the FBI doing their dirty work and going and like I made a joke in the warm up. It's right. like they they're doing a panty raid on on Melania. Right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, they're. You no, know, they're not investigating this. Um, I already forgot his name. The uh, doctor for the Olympic athletes, these gymnasts okay. that uh, he was, uh, yeah, supposedly touching yeah, yeah. girls and stuff like that. Right yeah. after hundreds and hundreds of complaints, you know, they drag their feet on investigating him. Yeah, but they got time to go raid the, pre- the former president's house while he's gone. When it's like this on everything, I mean, you know, it's a sad comparison, and I don't mean to just beat a dead horse or sure. anything, but people knew about Jeffrey Epstein forever, people mm-hmm. knew about Harvey Weinstein forever, people right. knew about Bill and Hillary Clinton, I mean, yep. there's a million, how many times do we have to know these things, you know, before people just acknowledge what what we all know? Right. And the FBI's not fair. No. They, they haven't been fair, they're not, they're not neutral. Nope. And here they are once again putting their thumb on the scale, mm-hmm. basically trying to make this guy seem unelectable or right. whatever, like he's under investigation. Right. They're being political actors instead of independent law enforcement agents. Yep. They enforce what laws they want to enforce against who they want to enforce them. Yep. And it all seems to go go one way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, uh, when when they gonna raid some prominent Democrat's house? Probably never, right? Anytime anything happens to one of them, they just go missing. They get Clinton sided, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I don't really have. Uh, well, I was gonna say I don't have too many opinions, but I guess I kind of do. But a couple, uh, I don't know I've, a lot of the headlines I've seen is pushing. A lot of uh, fear surrounding this raid, which I guess is understandable in some sense. Uh, but you mean like like who could they come after next? Right. Like maybe and it's you. Like that, and you know, it's I guess fear of furthering political divide, and you know, I guess the idea of the potential civil war that people have talked about for years now. But I don't really quite feel it. I mean, some, I guess some people might, I think it's definitely terrible. I don't want to get that, get that mistaken. I think this is, uh, 
like others have probably said uh, already, they, if the FBI doesn't have a really good reason for this, then it's uh, definitely, you know, definitely bad. I don't like it. But uh, I don't. I don't really quite feel any of the fear that uh, some commentators are, uh, you know, suggesting. Well, some people I know went through the history of the FBI, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. You know, it wasn't a thing until World War One. Right. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't seem to have the clearest track record. Right. And then even there are people on the record like Ron Paul, the mm-hmm. first person I ever voted for. Uh, talking about the FBI and its track record for abuses, like basically just mm-hmm. for uh, spying on the American citizenry. Right. And, um, you know, they'll go on. Rant, Ron Paul goes on to say that the CIA is even worse and they're younger. Right. And, and, and it's all part of this modern thing where we just keep giving government the power to solve all of our problems and we keep losing our power right. over and over these these institutions that are supposed to protect us or whatever mm-hmm. see the thing i always thought about the fbi is i thought they w- were there to like for kidnappings and stuff because of the Lindbergh baby uh-huh right that's what i associate with the fbi yeah the Lindbergh baby but apparently that's mm-hmm. not exactly true that's not right yeah. they didn't come about because of kidnappings so I don't know, you know? It's interesting, but apparently they've always been sort of a tool against us. Well, it's, I don't know if you want to call him the founder, but its original leader, J. Edgar Hoover, certainly had no... Jedgar? Yeah, (laughs) Jedgar. He certainly had no good reputation, so it's certainly not a surprise. Well, of course. It's almost to be expected, I would would say. (laughs) Yeah, he was a thug. Uh-huh. Well, I remember listening to uh, a podcast series. It was probably one of the ones I like from the Wondery Podcast Network. Yeah. Where in the, like, 50s and 60s, I think, or around that time, there was a whole show about the FBI that they had on the TV trying to get people to be more uh, warm to the idea of the FBI or have a more positive idea, a positive, what's the word? Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, opinion. Yeah, That's there you go. <laughs> positive opinion of the FBI. And um, I assume they would only do that because they don't have that good of a reputation, and it's been that way for, it seems like it's a whole existence. Well, I always love... Um, you know, we were just sort of alluding to it, but that old Lily Tomlin routine mm-hmm. where she's pretending to work for the telephone company. Um, and she's there's one where she calls up. She talks to Jedgar Hoover and she tells him, she says, you know, I don't understand you guys and why you issue all these warrants to get wiretaps on people. She's like, you could just ask the phone company. We do, we have it all already. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. She was funny. Yeah. And that was a different time, but. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> right. But it's the same kind of thing, all these taps and abuses on, mm-hmm. on our rights and everything, so. Yeah, there definitely needs to be some reform. I've heard people call for the abolishment of the FBI, but 
I think at its um, core, Marjorie Taylor Greene just did. She said something like defund, defund the FBI. Sure. I think at its core, it kind of has a purpose. There are like interstate crimes, and that's one of the main areas where they usually step in. Um, and I feel like getting rid of it and replace it with a new agency isn't going to do anything. It's just going to be same agency, new letters. So I, I don't really know if I would call for its entire embolishment, but it certainly needs some fixing. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, is that all you got for that topic? Yeah, it is. All right, then uh, my first topic that I have picked out that um, heard a little bit about recently is. Uh, since the uh, Dobbs decision, mm-hmm. um, there has been uh, an increase in females uh, seeking sterilization, sterilization, um, or co- colloquially getting their tubes tied. And well, no. is that the same thing? Because getting your tube tied can be reversed, as no. I understand. Nope. Um, I have here straight from Mayo Clinic, uh, the most common form of female sterilization is tubular uh, ligation, uh, also known as getting your tubes tied. Um, and I'll do my best to read back the notes here that I got. Um. It's a type of permanent birth control uh, during tubal ligation. The fallopian tubes are cut, tied, or blocked to permanently prevent uh, pregnancy. Tubal ligation can be done at any time, uh, including after childbirth or in combination with other abdominal surgeries, such as a C-section. Most procedures cannot be reversed. Uh, If reversal is attempted, it requires major surgery and is not always effective, which surprised me, because just like you, I was under the impression of getting your tubes tied, as they say, was reversible. So, to hear that a lot of women, particularly young women, are going out and having this done is, uh, I don't know, not necessarily upsetting, but shocking and kind of sad in some way. I mean, if somebody definitely doesn't want to have kids, I guess that's fine and all, but I would assume, just like how you know, some young women are misled on what abortions are. They're misled on what this procedure is, and they get it done and well, later decide that they want to have kids, but now they can't. I totally understand, because who knows what life's going to throw at you. Yeah. And just, I mean, imagine at, let's say, 40, mm-hmm. you find your sweetheart after all these years, and... You're ready to settle down, and then it's like, no, honey, I can't have kids because when I was 22 years old, as part of a political statement, 
I got my tubes tied. Yeah. I mean, yep. that would just suck. I mean, it's like right. ruining the whole, you know, the whole opportunity or possibility right. to ever use such an ability. Right. Just because, what, you're 22 and you're politically active? Good for you, sweetheart. Right. <laughs> well, I think there is, you know, a few different things with this this story. One... I think it's it's an admission of how much abortions were used as birth control. Now that yeah, this interesting, is becoming yeah. more common um, in places, particularly uh, you know, in places that are uh, that have more uh, abortion restrictions. And now, if this is what you're resorting to to control your you know birth control. I'll just you know after your option of abortion is taken away I feel like that does suggest that that was your your prime maybe not your primary method but that's why you're getting one was simply for birth control which I get it that terrible. makes sense because yeah. I mean, if you have in the back of your mind well I could always have it taken care of right you know but now mm-hmm. you don't right yeah, now it's like, oh, well, I'd better get out ahead of this. Yeah. <laughs> that is really sad, and I totally understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And one, you know, I, I I, would rather, if I had to pick between the two, I suppose I'd rather have a woman get her tubes tied than go around killing babies every time she has one. But still, you're, you know... I'm certainly not a woman, and nor ever will I be, but you're removing your ability to have kids, which is like the thing that makes you a woman. In a way, it's comparable to like suicide or or this like transforming your body, like the transgender thing or whatever, because it's like a permanent decision. What do they say? A permanent? Irreversible? No, they say Procedure? it's like a permanent decision for a temporary problem. Oh, yes, temporary so- solution. Solution, yeah. yeah. Temporary solution to a temporary problem or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Right. So, But it is. I mean, like ha- aborting a kid is permanent. Mm-hmm. You can't ever undo that. Yep. Y- uh, tying your tubes is maybe permanent. You can't easily undo that. Right. Changing your gender can't really be undone. You can't easily do that. Right. And what kind of harm are you doing to yourself in right. all these situations? Right. I, you know, in, instead of just, you know, telling our society there's sacrifices you might have to make, such as abstinence or using other various types of birth control, they just, uh, you know, then once you get your abortions, if that doesn't work, get your tube tied, it's no yeah. problem. We'll just build Medicare for it. What, who, why not? Medicaid, right. whoever. We'll just, somebody else will pay that bill, honey. Don't worry about it. Don't you worry about it. And it's no sweat off your back. You got to go climb that corporate ladder. Or you're going to miss your opportunity. Yeah. Damn. It's it's a sad state. Hopefully, you know, 
I assume um, these pregnancy resource centers that are being terrorized by these abortion advocates, abortion terrorists, really, uh, hopefully they'll help educate women on what sterilization is as well as abortion since that seems like it could become uh, an increasing problem if one might think it's a problem. I do. Well, they'll figure out it's a problem eventually. Yeah. I mean, I always think about that. These transgenders, these women who are who are making these permanent decisions mm-hmm. at 22, some of them 18 years old. Even younger. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, think of how they're going to be, how they're going to look, mm-hmm. how they're going to feel, mm-hmm. how they're going to act and behave when they're 40, if they make it till 40. Right. Yeah. Some of them are dying of massive heart attacks mm-hmm. because of all these multiple surgeries. They basically have open wounds all the time that don't heal very well, that get infected. Right. Um, I mean, it's really crazy stuff that we're talking about. Right. Well, I mean, the story, uh, I forget the, the lady's first name. Her last name was Nugent. She was in Matt Walsh's uh, What is a Woman documentary mm-hmm. who had transition to appear as a male as uh, she said herself yeah uh, I feel like she's like the perfect story of what tragedy happens to these people yeah but it's not only that though yes I mean there's lots of these stories but just on the whole of it women are not supposed to take testosterone they're mm-hmm. already predisposed towards osteoporosis right then you go pumping this testosterone chemical right. drug into their body, and right. it's only gonna cause negative ramifications for all of them. They're all women, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, in Matt Walsh's documentary, when he was talking to uh, a pediatrician, she said there was a 14-year-old that had osteoporosis mm-hmm. because of this stuff. So then you just sit and wonder, what are these people going to look like when they're 40? Right. They're going to look like they're 60. They're going right. to be overweight. They're not going to be able to move. They're mm-hmm. going to be bedridden. They're going to be wheelchair bound. They're going to be on these mobility scooters. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's terrible. It is. It's terrible. It terrible. really is. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's hopefully, uh, to wrap it up with the steriliz- sterilization, that's a tough word for me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, uh, it's it won't become a big issue because it'd be awful for women for generations and generations to you know find it a norm to prevent themselves from ever having children. Well, you know, in a weird way, if I can add, sure. I know we should be like moving on or whatever, but they always want to cite and talk about that handmaiden's tale. Like, have you ever watched any of that? Are you f- very familiar with it? Um, I've heard of it for sure. I don't know too much about well, it. Well, it's though. this like dystopian fiction where like women, the women of tomorrow aren't really able to have kids. And so the men like uh, there's like this whole system where they keep the women and they sort them and organize them by who is most fertile and who could have children. And that's like the whole way the society's set up is like 
all the women are like basically just supposed to be for having babies huh. because the ability to have babies is like something all women all women are having trouble with it in the future. Uh-huh. So if somebody actually like is a woman and can have a baby, that's like kept precious and sacred in there. You know, they try to find those women. Right. <clears throat> well, I bring this up because it's almost like they're trying to create this future themselves. Right. And they always talk about it. They're always like, oh, it's going to be just like the Handmaiden's Tale. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then yeah. here they are cutting out their ovaries and making it so that none of them have this ability to reproduce. Right. And it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. Because yeah. uh-huh. it's like, of course, don't you think the ability to procreate is going to matter? Right. And yeah. then they say, oh, you're just trying to make it like the Handmaiden's Tale. No, aren't you? Yeah. And isn't that just like most of the Democrats and the liberal Looney Tune thinkers? Right. They're just doing what they say. It's the opposite. Right. It's always, always the opposite of what they say. Right. <clears throat> it is always the opposite. It's always the opposite. Well, All right. Um, I guess with that, uh, I think you're up next. Yeah, I have this thing about, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Uh-huh. She just recently took a trip abroad. Yep. Even though she is abroad. She's abroad <laughs> who went abroad. Abroad, abroad. <laughs> and uh, it ticked a lot of people off. Sure did. Ticked off China quite oh, a bit. Oh, yeah, big time. What's his name? Um, Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping, yeah. Xi Jinping? Xi Jinping. I don't know. This. I don't care. Yeah. It's got <laughs> some X's in it. It's different. So they got pretty mad. Yep. What do you think about all that? Um, I don't really know. I, you know, at one point they said they were going to shoot her plane down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really feel like I've formed any kind of particular opinion about her going over there or not. Um, I know some conservatives were for it. Some were against it. Um, but I guess I don't really, uh, feel either way about it um i mean after deciding to go there i'm glad she didn't kowtow to china's threats i don't think that necessarily would have been good but uh i do well, she's kind of standing up to biden in a way too right um i the people who the even on the conservative side who i've heard weren't really for her trip over there said she's kind of like you know poking the bear which i can see that and it's uh seems to be because already since she's left china has increased its military activity just off the coast of taiwan which they uh, they weren't necessarily doing as much prior to so i get that but um you know, uh, like I said, once once she said she was going to go and China started making threats and all that, I'm glad she stuck to it, at least. But you know, it's more than just the military activity and all that. They also, they like withdrew from climate talks oh, and like yeah. other, uh-huh. other things we were supposed to be doing with them that we were... Right, and they've uh, sanctioned Pelosi and her family or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And plus, there's the broader question of, like, how do other nations see this? Like, sure, I mean, maybe our relationship with China or Taiwan or whatever, these other nations, hasn't changed that much. But I've seen some articles out there, some pieces by some foreign outlets. And, you know, it's just more of, like, the Biden's a joke kind of stuff. Like, he's embarrassing and... Um, you know, he doesn't have a backbone or a spine and maybe mm-hmm. Pelosi does, but he doesn't. Right. And so in a way it's almost just like a pretense for relations to get worse between us. And right. like Biden kind of knew that was going to happen and it's going to happen. And they, they had this divided front, you know, where the house is doing its own thing and the white house is doing right. its own thing. And, uh-huh. and, uh, I don't know. So yeah, I don't either because some of the other points I've heard is, you know, China is going to start really ramping up their activity. We're not in the position to keep helping out Ukraine fight Russia and then go deal with China and Taiwan at the same time. We're too much, uh, too much bread, too little butter. Truly. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what took down Rome. Yeah. I mean, our, our military is already having trouble recruiting. Uh, though They're pushing hard to get a certain number of recruits by the end of September before the government's fiscal year ends, and they're struggling. Well, and it's going to keep getting harder. Where are they going to get yeah. boys with all these girls cutting their wombs out and right. taking testosterone? Right, and all these... <laughs> <laughs> We're ruined, man. Right. I mean, they're they're putting out the military's putting out ads, you know, promoting Pride Month and all that. And most of the people who volunteer for the military aren't for that stuff. So they're turning away their own base, if you will. Which is like I've been saying, it's everything. The ad council for years, yeah. they take our money and tell us to wear seatbelts. Uh-huh. How would I be listening to the radio? If I didn't know how to keep myself alive. Right. You have to take my money and tell me to wear a seatbelt. Right. I mean, this, the, the, the whole thing is like moronic, all of it, all the time. Right. Every part of it. Yeah, so I don't, uh, I don't really know what to think about China. I mean, I easily predicted it. I, I mean, I think anybody could have predicted it. But if you go back and listen to our 2022 predictions episode... I said I was pretty sure China would increase their activity, and sure enough, there they are. We're headed right into a, a sort of war with them. Yep. You might Seems say in a like. while, in a way, and for a while, that we've been in sort of a cold war with them, but mm-hmm. it seems to be heating up. Yep, it, it does seem so. It's hard to tell what's uh, going to come of them in the next few months and years. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes open and our mm. ear to the ground about that and, right. and give the people any updates we we find. Well, I mean, unless the big guy is going to sweet talk Mr. Ping. You mean Mr. 10%? Yeah, the big guy. I, I don't uh, foresee them trying to back it off anytime soon. And Biden's still got Two more years left. 
possibly. But he's already a lame duck, basically. Well, yeah, he's a lame duck, but I'm saying that and that's supposed he's, to get worse. Right, his hands are going to be tied. That's man. basically what I'm saying. It's I I don't think anything's going to get better while he's still in office. The China situation, the Russia situation, the economy. I I do not see anything getting better in the short term. Yeah, but that's better for him. I don't think it's going to be getting better for us either. It's terrible. Even if we take back the house and everything, because he's still the puppet who's up there, you know, on stage. Right. And it doesn't really matter what we pump out of the Congress if he's the dummy who's leading the band or whatever, you know, gets the spotlight. It's horrible. Yeah, and I feel like that kind of leads into my next topic. Um, uh, part of the tie-in is we were talking about uh, China and Taiwan, and Taiwan particularly, and other countries in the region over there are primary manufacturers of our semiconductors or computer chips that we use in pretty much everything throughout our daily lives. Well, and you know, you and I both know that that's a big reason why Pelosi was over there, too. Yeah. Because of that deal. Right. Um, Well, there's, you know, there sort of has been a, you know, the chip shortage going on during this whole time. Partly due to, uh, you know, COVID lockdowns, all the factories that made the chips, uh, you know, were shut down for a period of time and all that. And then just recently, I heard a story about how we're about to experience the second wave of the chip shortage because uh, one of the main components in making these chips would, would which potatoes? <laughs> no. Just kidding. You know these silicon wafer chips that is used to make the you know computer. The computer chips, that's why we call them chips. Right. Is when they use the lasers to etch the the silicon, they use neon gas. And over 50% of the world's neon gas is produced in Ukraine. And well, it, I'll be a monkey's uncle. And most of the factories that produce this neon gas in Ukraine are in two major cities. Kiev? Uh, no. And, oh. Uh, <laughs> well, I tried. It's, it's Mariupol and uh, Odessa. Oh, Odessa. Yeah. <laughs> so without the neon gas to uh, use in the lasers that etch, these semiconductors you can't make them and you know as we all know ukraine is in the middle of a big war with russia and those two cities have been bombed heavily and i believe in the story i heard they're not even producing neon right now so luckily for now semiconductor manufacturers have extra supply of neon and other manufacturers of neon have supply but given that more than half of it is produced in this one area it's going to cause an even greater shortage which 
eventually is going to funnel down to, you know, increased prices on the various products that these chips go into, which you can't even throw a baseball two inches without hitting something that's got one of these computer chips in it. Yeah. So I, I suspect, um, you know, you're going to see even higher cost on the goods that use these chips because eventually as they're trying to make the products that these chips are for, if they run out of their supply, they got to stop and wait until they get more in, which also is going to lead to more. You want to take a guess? Inflation. Yes, because inflation, one of the definitions of inflation is too many dollars going after too few goods. And when the government's pumping money into the economy and there's not enough products to be bought with those dollars, the prices go up more. Hey, I I really need a new laptop. Can you tell me how many are there available? Well, sir, there's only one. I really need it right now. What price are you asking? $1,000. I'll give you 1010 I need that laptop right now. Sir, this gentleman just bid a million. Are you willing to pay a million? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically the idea of what's what's going to happen. Not not literally, but yeah, I mean, that's usually what happens with inflation because... You know, as we'll probably mention further, is when there's lots of money just floating around, like when the government paid us these big checks during COVID. I didn't get a big check. And these, you know, people had more money than they knew what to do with at the time, and they just had to go out and spend it during the time we were having all these, you know, product shortages. What new couch? (laughs) So I thought that uh, you know this new chip shortage was a pretty interesting story, especially because I certainly didn't know that half of the world's neon was made in the Ukraine. No, that's truly interesting. Yeah, and I really didn't even know neon was used in producing these chips. So I, you know, well, who would have ever guessed? I mean, of yeah. all the elements, <laughs> right? Why you not argon, something. xenon? Right. Well, I mean, part of another thing I learned was we potentially could produce our own neon here, and I'm sure there might be a couple of places that do, because I forget exactly, and I'll have a link to the podcast uh, where I heard the story, mm-hmm. that um, a lot of neon gas is collected from producing steel. And we got some steel factories here. Pittsburgh, PA. Exactly. So I don't know if um, this CHIPS Act, which I'll go ahead and, what's my other story, so I'll go ahead and plug it in now. I don't know if it includes any kind of provisions to making or producing neon here for these semiconductors because... Well, and what did you, what did they spend on it, on the chips act? You said you were going to tell me that. I looked it up. It's supposedly about a $280 uh, bill 
280 million? Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, billion. Billion. Yeah, $280 billion. <laughs> million. What kind of idiot am I to speak in millions? Right, we've already gotten halfway through $10 trillion, so millions are nothing anymore. Yeah. Well, what, what, we only speak in billions in our government. That's right, huh? I forgot. I must think it's 1992 still. <laughs> yep. But yeah, a $280 billion bill that they passed, this Chips and Science Act, which... I believe as we record today, on August 9th, the president signed today or yesterday, just recently. The anti-inflation bill. Right. Uh, The quote-unquote Inflation Reduction Act. Right, and that was sort of my next tie-in. Mine too. That's right on top of this. Well, the only other thing I wanted to add about the chips thing, if I may... Is not only is that the California Highway Patrol, which I just <laughs> happened to think of, yeah. But as I recall, there was another big headline recently about what's her name? Uh, Pelosi. Yeah. What's his name? Paul. Making a bunch of money on this chips stuff oh, in the no stock surprise. market. I believe it. So we have him making a bunch of money in the stock market. We have her going overseas, causing a big fuss. To uh-huh. do this chips manufacturing, uh-huh. which she knew all about, right? Right. I mean, all this stuff just goes hand in hand. And then they've got to hurry up and pump out this, quote-unquote, Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> because they're creating all the inflation. Right. And what do you want to tell the people what you and I both realized right before we came on air and while we were talking about this bill? Um, you can tell them because I'm not quite sure exactly what you're referring to. Well, it's to. only about a $400 billion bill. Oh, yes. Not, That's yes, it. Just it's under. only about $400 billion. And $369 billion out of this bill goes towards climate change acts. Right. So the rest of it's all just changing a few laws, tweaking a few things, doing some sort of in-name-only sort of exercises. Right. And the rest of it's just a green package. Right. It's like the Green New Deal with some tweaks to it. Right. I don't know how anybody can even look at it and think it's going to reduce inflation. Like, what, what, what in it is supposed to reduce inflation? Well, you know Joe Manchin? He's been out there saying yep. it's, it's supposedly it's an American bill. Oh, yeah. And it is going to bring down inflation, and it's... <sighs> right. Speaking of Joe Manchin, you know, it's, it's disappointing that he caved on it, really. Yeah, because it is a spending bill, no matter how you slice the pie. Right. And he, I mean, you know, especially for people who are from West Virginia, well, at least speaking for myself, I mean, Frank here's from West Virginia too, but yep. as somebody who's from West Virginia, you know, you, he had been doing really well, and it was nice to see him stand up to the rest of the Democrats, Chuck Schumer, and then to watch him just cave on this, it's just, you know. I said it's because they put his name on it. I didn't it's hear like, that. It's like the Manchin-Schumer bill. They called something like that, the Manchin-Schumer Act. Huh. Or whatever. That's what it's common. The common name of the bill is. Huh. Well, it's. Uh, what was I trying to say at the same time? Well, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's okay. Um. Uh, what was it? Well, you know, he's. Oh, yeah. He he had 
been standing up against the Democrats and Chuck Schumer. Yeah. This whole time, he's been doing well, and then to watch him cave like this. Oh, yes, I was starting to say it shouldn't be disappointing because, you know, he's a politician, and that's what politicians do. You shouldn't really expect much less. But, like I was saying, he, he'd been doing so well, it seemed. Yeah, he was making us proud there for right, a little while. exactly. And then, and part of what what I've heard was he was supposedly promised, you know, a bill to come up before the end of September to reform permittings for, like, fossil fuel drillings and stuff like that yeah, to change the, the... deer coal industry. Right, yeah, to change the permitting process for right. approving projects like that. And it's it's a promise. It's not even guaranteed to Joe Manchin that they're going to bring this up. So that's... It feels like he's got bamboozled just to yeah, because try to here, get some kind of win. I have the notes. I'm telling you, it. I think it's a pride thing because they sure. put his name on it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so you get the $369 billion for climate change. Mm-hmm. Then this is the rest of the bill. Medicare can now negotiate drug prices. Mm-hmm. So they, they say that's going to save you a bunch of money. Right. But it doesn't account for any of the bill. None of the money of the bill right. is accounted for in that. Right. And before you move on, originally, when I first heard that part of the bill, uh-huh. that's originally what I thought might have been why Joe Manchin caved, because I don't know how many uh, listeners might know this, but um, being from West Virginia, I'm aware that he and his family, I'm pretty sure his daughter and maybe even his wife, but certainly his daughter, Works for Myelin Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, his daughter, that came up years ago because uh-huh. they were producing the EpiPen and they were charging outrageous amounts for the EpiPen and there wasn't a knockoff version yet. Right. But anyway, because that went to Congress and everything, she went up and had mm-hmm. to go to one of those show trials in the House that the House has. Right. Yeah, but then when I heard he's supposedly going to get a bunch of money for a pipeline, then that, that made more sense to me of why he... Uh, might have also might have been another reason why he agreed to this bill. But go on, go on. What sure. else is in it? Okay, so that's it. Medicare gets to negotiate drug mm-hmm. prices. There's going to be a $2,000 cap on out-of-pocket expenses for Medicare. Okay? That's, mm-hmm. just, that's just change of a law. Right. They just changed a number on, on, a, on, a, on a form somewhere uh-huh. and effectively changed the law for this year uh-huh. going forward. Big deal. They extended the Obamacare protections for three more years. Uh-huh. Just changed a law. No big deal. None of this has cost any money yet. And the last thing is, is they propose a 15% minimum tax on corporations. Just changes a future, changes a law, changes future income. But otherwise, all the spending that comes out of this bill has nothing to do with health care, has nothing to do with quashing inflation. How do you quash inflation with more spending anyway? You don't. You don't. So the $400, the $400 billion in this bill is all for climate change. Yeah. This is a green bill. Yep. It's a spending bill. Yep. These other little four things that they changed mm-hmm. in the law. They could have just changed those laws. Right. 
And they're not even going to help with inflation, especially that, they're not going to help at all. Especially that fifteen percent minimum tax on corporations. Yeah. Where is that tax going to get passed to? Down the consumers. Hill. Yep. So they've spent four hundred billion more dollars, right, to give us fifteen percent higher tax on all of our consumables. Yep. Pretty much. Of course, pretty much. You don't have to be. You don't right. have to have a degree to read this. Sh- you don't. This is a fifth, not a fifteen percent tax on corporations. It's going to be a, effectively a fifteen percent tax on us. Right. I mean, the left would like to have people believe that you know corporations pay their tax by the fat cat CEOs just writing a check out of their own pocketbooks or something like that. But that's not how it works. That money's coming from. You know, the revenue they bring in from their business, their service or products that they sell, whatever it might be. And if they have to pay more to the government, that's less they can pay to their employees. That's less they can use for uh, expanding their business to hire more employees. That's less they can use for innovating their manufacturing products to lower the cost for consumers. Exactly. And if they're not going to take that 15% out of the employees' paychecks, it's coming out of the consumers' pocketbooks. Yep. One plus we've seen it. It's been coming down the pike for a while. Oh, now. yeah. There were some people who were saying, you know, this was only going to be transitory, this uh-huh. inflation. And what is inflation anyway? Uh-huh. We're so pampered and spoiled and everything that... Right. We can imagine long-term consequence, and here we are. Right. Everything's up. Price yep. of chicken, price of gas, price yep. of hamburger meat, price of bread. And it's all just going to go up even more. And it's predictable. Yeah. So let's tax corporations 15 more percent, huh? Right. Why not? Why not? It'll be good for everybody. Okay, so the last thing on the why not train. Sure, let's hear it. All right. You know this crazy woman, Liz Cheney? I've heard of her. You've heard of her? I think so. You know, the sad thing is, especially for an older woman, she's probably 40, 50. Sure. Somewhere 45, somewhere like that. She ain't ugly. She's not unattractive. Sure. But she is, you know. Ugly sold. She's crazy. She's crazy. I don't know what she's thinking. Right. And recently I heard a story about how she's sending out adverts to people about how they can switch from being Democrats to registering as Republicans just to vote for her. Oh, um, it's funny that you say that because the whole time you're talking about Liz Cheney, a quote I heard, or not heard, but read in an article about her, somebody in, she's Wyoming? Right? I think so, yeah. Um, somebody said that there aren't enough Democrats in Wyoming to vote for her. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, this wasn't, she wasn't trying to get Republicans to vote Democrat. She's trying to show Democrats how they can switch and vote Republican. Right, well, I At mean, it still works. There's not, a, there's not enough Democrats to, to convince her, to s- convince the switch to Republicans. Oh, I see of. what you're saying. You're yeah. building on to this little yeah. joke. Okay. Well, I couldn't believe it. I also happened to see the other day, I think they were showing it on Fox News. Uh-huh. I walked into the break room at work, 
and she was doing this thing where she was playing flip cup or something. And it, she was trying to convince her people that she wasn't a flip flopper, that she hadn't flipped on them or something like that. By playing flip cup? Yeah. Because it's all oxymoron. It's all the opposite of what they say. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. we said that earlier. Yes. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to end on that. This Liz Cheney thing where she's a big old flip-flopping, hypocrite, horrible person. Right. Yeah, you watch. She'll probably win, Reed. Because there's a big old buzz around her. There's a big buzz around her? Yeah. Democrat buzz. That strange new respect for a Republican. Hey, they love the ones they love. Right. They all go around in the same boat, around the, the sinkhole together. Round <laughs> and round and round. They never seem to go down. Yep. Well, I think that turret's going to get flushed soon. We can hope. Well, yep. that's all I had for the folks. That's all I got, and I think that was a pretty good episode. I, I think so. There's been some interesting things going on recently. Oh, yeah. Big time, big time. It's, uh... They all sort of smell the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's like one thing after another that, you know, this administration is doing. It all builds on top of each other. It's not just one thing. There's all these puzzle pieces that they're pushing out there that are making one big giant crap emoji. The dookie. Yeah. The turd. And that crap emoji is actually just a big turd sitting right on top of America. Yeah, no wonder I can smell it. <laughs> but as we said before, I'm still hopeful for the long term of of our country. I think I don't foresee a Democrat getting in in 2024, uh, especially at this juncture. It's something I feel like something tragic would have to happen for. A Democrat to get in the office again after this bozo. I pity the fool who <laughs> votes Democrat. That's right. But, folks, we hope you enjoyed this great episode. And be sure to tune in next time for another great conservative conversation. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other popular podcast platforms and be sure to check out our other show the wiki wacky radio show you can find that wherever you get this show and as always be sure to check out our website for additional content contemporaryconservative.net and as always thanks for listening